0: Hello and welcome to the Owl Wisdom Podcast. I'm Geeta Sundaram from Goa, India and I'm here to talk to you about all things business, politics and culture. Thank you for joining me. This edition of the Owl Wisdom Podcast is on the rise of China. spectacular rise since the liberalization reforms of Deng Xiaoping in 1979 has brought the world great benefits which we don't often acknowledge. While developing and emerging economies from Latin America and Africa to Australia grew on the back of China's demand for commodities, the developed and industrialized world experienced the benefits of cheaper goods and greater profits for its multinationals. However, things began to sour in the rich industrialized world when millions of workers found themselves without jobs and politicians decided to make political capital out of it. This led to the rise of Trump in the US and a Brexiteer like Boris Johnson in the UK. Most of the jobs that were lost were due to technology and automation, rather than only to globalization and China. But China makes a better punching bag than tech, so we have a US-China trade war on our hands. What irks Trump is that America is losing its hegemony to China. For years the West expected China to liberalize politically after its economic liberalization given its age-old ideological battle against communism. That was not to be. In fact one could argue that the opposite has happened. China has tightened its authoritarian grip on its own citizens in neighboring countries that China considers its territories and in the South China Seas. One has to ask, however, if banning Huawei and other Chinese companies and apps, escalating a trade war and imposing sanctions are the right response. To my mind, they end up worsening the situation, especially since they seem to go against good business sense. And it is even more dangerous to indulge in nationalist protectionism and raise trade and investment barriers during COVID. As it is and as I have written before, China accounts for a huge portion of world trade and more than half the world depends on it for growth. For example, Chinese investments in India span an entire gamut of sectors from consumer electronics and technology apps to other startups in real estate and hospitality as well as banks and fintech. Besides, banning Chinese products would not give Indian manufacturers a fillip but would benefit other countries' manufacturers such as Samsung Electronics and LG in mobile phones and other consumer appliances. And for a country that professes to be experiencing a quiet mobile revolution, it would only make mobile handsets more expensive for everyone. Is this really the best way to deal with the China problem? After all, India's response too is triggered by ideological differences and border-related issues rather than what makes better economic and business sense. To my mind, the best way to deal with China and even general economic slowdown is to make one's own economy more competitive. That doesn't mean raising tariffs or banning companies or imports, but ensuring that your own economy has businesses that are efficient, profitable and can compete both domestically and internationally. It doesn't mean import substitution either, which served India well in the first couple of decades after independence, but became a proverbial millstone around our neck in the decades after that. In the case of India, I'd say that it's high time we framed a competitive and long-term industrial policy, not just to deal with China, but to make India more competitive and a faster-growing economy in the years ahead, when we will have to deal with greater technological changes as well. Let's discuss what an industrial policy for India could be after this breather. You're listening to the Owl Wisdom podcast on dealing with China's rise. Next, we'll look at what India's route to competitiveness could be. Welcome back, I think if we can frame a specific economic objective that we would like to achieve and then identify our greatest needs, our strengths, comparative advantages, areas to focus on for future growth and policies required to achieve them, we would be attempting an industrial policy of sorts and I don't mean a specific GDP objective alone but an economic change creating objective such as shifting India's 90% informal economy to a 50% formal one over the next decade. This would not only help us grow faster and better economically but ensure greater tax revenues as well as build capacity for further growth. India has a huge and growing middle class, albeit not with the spending power of China's urban middle class, and much of this growth has been thanks to our entrepreneurs, especially in the years since our economic liberalization in 1991. According to a study based on NSSO 2011-12 survey data, 90% of the 60 million jobs created in India since 1991 were in the informal sector. If we have to shift our economy from a largely informal one to a more formal one, we have to consider the millions of entrepreneurs who unfortunately still fall in the informal economy, which generates 90% of India's employment. Yet, as a recent article in Economic Times pointed out, most of our MSMEs are uncompetitive and barely operate at subsistence level, which is not a sign of a healthy economy. In contrast, we have the Mittelstand companies of Germany, SMEs which are not only competitive; they form the backbone of the German economy and contribute to over sixty percent of Germany's exports by value. Is there something we can learn from the Mittelstand experience? Germany's Mittelstand companies grew in the post-World War II period as the economy was rebuilding itself after complete devastation. It grew as a product of the social market economy that was ushered in by the economic reforms of Ludwig Erhard, Germany's economy minister and later its chancellor. He emphasized liberalizing the economy, stabilizing the currency and embracing free market ideas but, and this is very important, with adequate government regulation to ensure competition and anti-monopolistic practices. His liberal ideas led to Germany adopting, not laissez-faire capitalism, but a social market economy, a market economy that works for all. An entire ecosystem was created around this idea of a social market economy, from a dual education system and training program, to labor laws and rights that protected workers, a high degree of specialization, and strong antitrust laws. If India is to boost its SMEs and make them more competitive, how should we undertake this task? I would say that we need to first look at our requirements as an economy. We clearly need to do more in the following areas, healthcare, infrastructure, education at all levels and financial inclusion. Infrastructure would include everything from better roads and rail networks to better power and water supply and internet and mobile connectivity. It helps to remember that China developed all its infrastructure before embarking on its liberalization reforms in 1979 and has continued to do so ever since. These four areas need priority funding, implementation and development because together they form the base on which to build a country's growth. Next, if we list out our competitive advantages and compare them with China's, we will find that China, not surprisingly, leads in many more areas than us from steel and aluminum manufacture to power and infrastructure development, pharmaceuticals, especially APIs, information technology, AI and robotics, 5G technology in telecom, mobile and digital payment systems, e-commerce, EVs and EV battery development. China leads the world in most of these, if not all. India's strengths are in the knowledge-based industries of information technology, mostly software development and offshoring of companies' back-office operations and pharmaceuticals, especially generics. Besides these, we also have some strengths in infrastructure development, both domestic and international, commodity exports like iron ore and agricultural produce, as well as in our managerial capabilities, thanks to institutes like our IITs and IIMs. How can India build on its strengths, become more competitive and shift to a more formal economy? All that after this little break. You're listening to the Owl Wisdom podcast on dealing with China's rise. Up next, what India's future can be built on. final section of this podcast there is an opportunity to leverage india's strengths in the information technology and pharma sectors in several areas these could also include more in-depth specialization moving up the value chain and diversifying into allied areas also looking at where the world is headed technologically in the next few decades it is time india too stepped up to the plate there are several areas where msmes and startups can be encouraged as a matter of conscious policy These are AI and IoT along with other digital technologies, biotech, digital payments, telemedicine technologies, manufacture of pharma ingredients especially APIs which we import from China, manufacture of specialized machine tools and components, cyber and other security related technologies where Israel leads, mobility as a service and autonomous vehicles. These would be our ways to strengthen India's competitive advantages and boost the middle of our SME sector. An entire ecosystem needs to be created for the SMEs to be able to innovate, produce and grow profitably, from access to land and capital, labour laws, tax systems and export benefits, although the main focus ought to be on our large domestic market. It is a fallacy that India should follow China's SEZ model of export-led growth and development, We should certainly boost exports, but the mainstay of our economy ought to be the domestic market. China itself focuses more on its massive domestic market now and is shifting to the services sector. The huge potential of the Chinese domestic market is also why most multinationals are still there. Now while this is a good way to grow India's tech-based SMEs, we also need to think about the millions of MSMEs that operate in the informal sector and in the rural and urban economy. About a third of these are in manufacturing, another third in trade, I would imagine that is retailers and shopkeepers, and the balanced third are in other activities. We need to improve the innovation and growth possibilities of the manufacturing MSMEs by encouraging R&D and specialization, and we should look at new sectors of growth related to agriculture and allied activities, such as contract farming, horticulture, food processing, and perhaps even a way for entrepreneurs to participate in building coal chains and the farm-to-fork supply system. Most of all, we need to ensure a fair, anti-monopolistic regime through proper legislation and regulation so that SMEs can survive and thrive much as they do in Germany. We also need to grow employment in this segment through better education and training programs. The way to tackle China, at least economically, is not to shut our doors to them, or to compete with them on everything, but to let India's core of small and medium enterprises become more competitive and flourish in specific growth areas. It will need an entire set of policies to make this a reality, but it is possible. Germany went from a war-devastated economy to a stable and fastest-growing economy in the developed world within a decade. And it was not for nothing that it was called a world shat's wonder, an economic miracle. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Our Wisdom Podcast. This is Gita Sundaram saying goodbye and wishing you well wherever you might be. Until next month, it's goodbye from me at the Our Wisdom Podcast. For more owl wisdom, read my blog peripateticperch.com and follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.